0: This is a special episode, and the, the reason is is because of the changing role of pharmacists we all know about, the role transforming from a prescription focal point to truly a practice um, a focal point in medication, true medication management, the holistic 360 view of our, of our pharmacists and how in the condition, whether it be senior care, specialty disease states, uh, rare disease states. Compounding community pharmacy, it doesn't matter. One of the things that the PPN has been excited about is expansion into all of the United States. So we're in 50 states now, of course. Um, 82% of our entire listener base is in the United States. But guess what? There's a bigger world out there. We have 311,000 pharmacists who we serve here at the Pharmacy Podcast Network to give you the best information. But there are some amazing. Uh, people out there throughout the world. I've met some um, incredible pharmacists in, in Sydney, Australia, in Dublin, Ireland, um, in in Pakistan, in, in London. And so today is kind of special because we have a survey uh, that really helps to define and support the professional role of our pharmacists associated with traditional and complementary medicines and this really impacts every pharmacist throughout the throughout the world um you know one one uh industry together one profession together um hashtag together rx and so i'm i'm excited to um to have been contacted by this amazing wonderful uh, pharmacy future leader um, to be a PharmD d uh, class of 2024 at MCPHS University in Boston, Massachusetts, um, Joshua uh, Geary. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast.
1: Thank you so much for this introduction, Todd.
0: So I want to just turn things over to you. Would you give our listeners, before you introduce our special guest today, uh, supporting the analytics that and the meaning of, of what this uh, survey is about, Just give a short bio um, and a little background on yourself and then also um, talk to us about this survey. We're we're excited to hear about it.
1: Well, thank you. So just a little uh, brief, Uh, biography as to who I am. I'm currently in my second professional year of uh, doctor of pharmacy practice at MCPHS University, as you had mentioned, and I have been working as a pharmacy intern since uh, 2018 when I went into school, uh, primarily in community pharmacy and serving the geriatric population. So as far as upcoming plans for the next school board uh, school year, I will be serving as the APHA ASPE board chair for Operation Diabetes, and um, I will also be completing a precision medicine program, um, certificate program by MCPHS University this summer.
0: That is exciting. Um, what's interesting is to see so many of our pharmacy um, students starting to look at pinpointing where they want to go in their careers before they even graduate. I've heard of several pharmacists saying, I'm going into pediatrics within the health system space. Uh, So many of our P3s that I've talked to out of uh, University of Pittsburgh, uh, my hometown, want to go into community. And there have been several that have said, no, we want to study pharmacogenomics. and, um, And then there's others that talk about technology and artificial intelligence. So what a great time to be a pharmacist. Um, please, would you do me a favor and introduce our special guest today to really collect uh, additional information behind um, this survey, which um, really helps us to define the supporting professional role of our pharmacists?
1: Yes, of course. That would be my honor. So I would first like to introduce Dr. Carolina Ung, who is the assistant professor at the Institute of Chinese Medicines in Macau, China, and she has um, a. She is an honorary research fellow at the Sydney School of Pharmacy in Sydney, Australia. She had completed her Bachelor of Pharmacy and Master of Health Science through the University of Sydney. Dr. Ong is a registered pharmacist in Australia and Macau with extensive experience in community pharmacy and drug regulatory agency. Welcome, Carolina. Thank you. Thank you for the nice introduction course. And I would also like to introduce Dr. Joanna Harnett, who is a senior lecturer of complementary medicine at the University of Sydney Pharmacy School. Joanna Harnett holds a bachelor and master of health science in complementary medicine, and she has completed her PhD in 2013 in the field of nutritional pharmacology, she is a fellow of the International Research Leadership Program at the Australian Research Center in Complementary and Integrative Medicine, serving on the Board of International Society for Traditional Complementary Integrative Medicine Research. Welcome, Joanna. Thank you. So I just wanted to say I am very excited to uh, be here with all of you guys to have our long and awaited discussion on the role of pharmacists in traditional and complementary medicine. There's no better way, I would like to like spend our pharmacy Friday as Todd would say so before we get into this discussion I just want to hear from both of you what is traditional and complementary medicine for our listeners would
2: you like would you like to take that Carolina or are you happy for me to? i will for you to go go ahead first Joanna
3: yeah so um Well, traditional medicine refers to, as the name suggests, traditional practices that have been practiced for generations um, across across countries throughout the world um, that have been codified in pharmacopoeias and in in monographs and so forth. So it typically refers to the practice of um, uh, using practices as well as products across those three generations, Uh, whereas Complementary medicines refers to practices and products that um, are not considered mainstream or conventional um, and, as the name suggests, complement standard care. Uh, Sometimes they can be used as um, or uh, approached in an alternative way, Um, but mainly throughout the world they're used to complement rather than as an alternative Uh, Carolina may have
2: something else to add to that. Well, because uh, we are pharmacists and uh, we are in the pharmacy, Uh, a lot of us are in the community pharmacy, and uh, what we see is like we are dealing with a lot of uh, herbal products and also known as complementary medicines, and, you know, we've got many other names, dietary supplements and all. And um, uh, when I was trained as pharmacist, I didn't really get to learn very much about herbal medicines or any products of herbal um, origins and uh, but those category of products have become a very major part of our practice. It doesn't matter whether we sell in the pharmacy or we look after people who you know most of the time will have you know a dietary supplement a use habit so uh, this is something that we really want to look into whether you know how or how pharmacists should be looking after people Using the products of uh, traditional complementary medicines.
3: Mm. I might just add there in Australia, over 50% of the complementary medicines, or as you call them in, in the US, dietary supplements, are actually sold in pharmacy. So that is core to the work that Carolina and I have been doing over the past um, eight years. Uh, is looking at that intersect between the products that are sold and then the professional practice of pharmacy and public health and how those three spheres interconnect uh, in a way that um, ensures they're used appropriately and safely.
1: That's interesting that you speak on how uh, these dietary supplements, as we would call it, to be only sold in pharmacies. Is that correct?
3: Not only sold in pharmacy, but it is a principal source. And that is what makes it relevant to this discussion um, about the role of pharmacists and pharmacy practice. Yes.
1: Yeah. Thank they're you. also
3: sold in supermarkets and online retail outlets and a range of other places. Yeah.
1: Okay. Thank you so much for clarifying because uh, as of right now, what I've seen the trend is is that while traditional and complementary medicines as what we would refer to as dietary supplements be sold in pharmacies, I feel like there has been an inclining trend in the United States of uh, these to be sold over um, online from many vendors. And it's interesting because at that point, you are risking the patient of um, not having some sort of consultation or um, expert advice as to how to take um, this dietary supplement, um, you know, any sort of adverse effects that may, they may see, uh, any sort of disease states that they may have that may um, alter uh, their course of therapy. So thank you for bringing that up.
3: I think access is a really important point, um, Ajashri, is the way in which people access medicines will um, clearly impact the information that they may uh, receive. And sometimes that information um, may not be enough for those things to be used, as you say, appropriately and safely. So, yeah.
1: Thank you for that. So I guess next going on to uh, this topic of traditional complementary medicine, I wanted to understand from both of you, you know, for formulating the survey, how did you both get involved in traditional complementary medicine?
2: Well, um, I'll go ahead first. <laughs> we, we started this uh, work, this project uh, a long time ago. Uh, that was actually when I started my PhD degree. And that's when I get to know um, Joanna, who has always been so supportive and, you know, she's very um, intelligent and knowledgeable about complementary medicine. And she has been a very good advisor all the time. And we keep on our collaboration since 2014, 2015, around that time. And uh, because, well, we, we both have, you know, our, our background with Sydney Uni, University of Sydney, and, uh, and that gives out a very good collaborative platform. And uh, we started our journey, our research journey uh, started in uh, Australia first. So we, we explore, you know, what was happening with pharmacies and their practice regarding, you know, uh, complementary medicines products. Um, and then it took us another two years before we move on to, you know, other countries. We, you know, we, we, we keep on, you know, um, uh, continue our research and we continue to expand our scope of research uh in terms of you know our location uh from australia and then we extended to china and then later to the u.s and then now we are involving you know at least 15 countries to go, to, to go on board uh, with this survey study and mm-hmm. we're just trying to picture what's happening with the pharmacy profession uh around the world or you know as many in as many countries as we can you know, get in touch with and see, you know, how we are dealing with this, you know, across the, the, the board. Joanna, would you have anything to add on?
3: Yeah, look, you know, I think we um, became very interested in this because uh, in Australia and also in other policies throughout the world, or medicine policies, uh, complementary medicines or dietary supplements, you um, are technically defined as medicines, and pharmacists are medicines experts. And so the need then to understand why there perhaps has been a division uh, between uh, the conventional or pharmaceutical products somebody may use and dietary supplements or complementary medicines became a real inroad for both Carolina and I to explore further. So we wanted to understand what were the potential barriers Um, what with potential facilitators uh, to pharmacists being able to um, uh, counsel or approach their um, professional responsibilities in the same way. Um, And we thought that would be actually quite a quick, you know, we'd sort all that out and understand that in about a year. But as Caroline has pointed out, this has been um, quite an exploration over a number of years and, you know, we have identified Uh, Quite clearly, there are are a number of barriers from a range of stakeholders, you know, industry, government, uh, the consumer themselves, the pharmacy profession, um, educational institutions uh, that have not really supported this role to this point. Um, And so what we're um, trying to do and where our research is now going is saying, well, we've identified these um, these areas that need further development and support to support the pharmacist. Um, how are we going to do that? So just when we're on the cusp of that, you know, like let's fill the gaps. We actually thought, why don't we look at you know further around the world? How how big as the scope, How, are we talking about just the countries we've looked at or can we talk more generally about an international standard? Um, and that led us to this project we were doing towards consensus uh, where we are now going, well, let's survey pharmacists from all around the world to um, understand if what we've found and what we've identified so far is actually at an international level. Uh, rather than the four or five countries we've explored um, to date. Um, So that's where we've gone from to over the last or nearly decade.
2: But uh, I just want to add on like we have been very excited that uh, we see similar findings over and over again uh, during our previous years of research. Uh, The most important finding is that it is a general belief or a general, you know, acknowledgement that pharmacies have a role uh, with regards to the proper use or safe use of uh, complementary medicine products. Um, I'm guessing um, that, you know, we are sharing a very common view that because um, even though these products are natural, uh, you know, as much as they claim and... um, uh, it's people usually perceive those products as natural and safe but um in, in like in reality um these products like any other chemical products they they might have a potential to interact okay with you know other medication and as evidence have been emerging that you know, uh, proper use of uh, some products or some ingredients actually can help uh, manage some uh, conditions. So how are we going to manage all this uh, evidence or all this you know, uh, research, updated research into our practice, how to integrate those um, knowledge information into our practice? And I think pharmacists is in, in need in, in, uh, with more support. Uh, And uh, we found that we need, uh, uh, you know, established support from, you know, different perspectives, involving a lot of, um, you know, joint effort. Like Joanna just mentioned, uh, we need a lot of attention and support from different parties, key stakeholders.
1: Thank you for that. Uh, I was reflecting on what you have said and, you know, speaking of the support that is needed uh, for pharmacists, you know, to be able to ensure safety, efficacy for all of our patients. I feel that it goes back to our curriculum, our um, education here in the United States. um, I'm just comparing to what we receive in terms of our pharmacy education. We have this one OTC course um, that's presented in our third professional year and it's only one semester long. I uh, have not taken it yet, but uh, from upperclassmen, you know, I feel like that itself is not enough education knowledge to be able to, um, you know, speak with our patients and uh, formulate this time to have these conversations. I also see um, within our pharmacy education um there's many conversations about these, uh, complementary medicines. Uh, it will interact with this antibiotic. It may interfere with this, um, you know, anticoagulant medication, but it's thrown in, in bits and pieces. There's no, you know, formal, uh, sit down of where we assess, analyze and have this open discussion and conversation for us as future pharmacists to, uh, learn and, Then be able to apply this uh, information into daily practice. And that also gets me to think about the future of pharmacy. You know, there was a time where here in the United States, uh, pharmacists were just. Counting pills. And now we have emerged. You know, we have the pharmaceutical industry. We have pharmacists in research. We have pharmacists that have gone on to, um, you know, go into clinical pharmacy by, you know, obtaining residencies. And that motivates me as you know, a pharmacy student, a future pharmacist, uh, you know, a potential residency in co- traditional complementary medicine that may arise with, with the proper support from, as you mentioned, the stakeholders and uh the motivation and support from pharmacists ourselves in this expanding practice.
0: So I have a follow-up question for uh, Joanna, and I just want to understand so that our listeners really understand the relevance, the importance of this survey, um, kind of expand upon the reasoning for it, as well as the impact from the data that you're going to be collecting uh, moving forward.
3: Yeah, no, thank you, Todd. It's a good question. I know we've been talking about all things traditional and complementary medicine and past research and needs. um, And the really important thing is that research does continue, um, but that research that is uh, really focused in a way that is going to be clinically helpful and support the profession towards a change. But as with any changes, there needs to be consensus. So our current study um, that that we uh, have put together, really the key aim is to build consensus amongst pharmacists throughout the world about what, they believe their responsibilities are what they're currently doing in their day-to-day practice and how they can be best supported so it is gathering the um the voice of the people so to speak um and uh, collectively from across um i think we have 15 countries enrolled is that right carolina yeah yeah. Oh, yeah yeah so far and we'd yeah. like that to be more and clearly the u.s is um are a really big part of that with um you know so many thousand pharmacists and um, I think uh, Todd you said there was only 30,000 pharmacists is that right or 300,000 300 yes 300
0: <laughs> yeah. 311,000 active pharmacists in the United States but think about that the, the think about so if you have 311,000 pharmacists that sounds like a lot but when you have 330 million Americans that's really not a lot and and also think in the United States our patients are seeing their primary care every time they see their primary care they're seeing their pharmacist 10 times to that one time that they're engaging with primary care because of how busy our physicians are and at no fault of how hard they work to see as many patients as possible but when you kick off that treatment there's things that are happening in our patients' lives that change things, and a pharmacist needs to be in touch with that patient more often to assure that 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 treatment follows through.
3: Yeah. So, um, if we have pharmacists serving 313 million people in the U.S. alone, when we um, extend that on a global level, and then we look at what it is we're asking, and that is around you know the use um, how pharmacists intersect with their uh, patients on a day-to-day basis around another form of medicine that is, you know, in the past may not have received as much attention. Um, We only need to pause for a moment to reflect on the importance of that um, and the importance of getting this this area developed. Um, And it's not just to keep patients safe. That's obviously key to it. The person centeredness. It's also to give um, pharmacists um, a, a sense of safety and confidence around what it is they're doing um, and ensuring that we build a framework for them um, that they can uh, feel um, confident in practicing within. Um, Caroline, would you like to add or take away anything from that?
2: No, no, no. I think you said it beautifully. And uh, from what we can see from all these uh, experiences uh, when we're dealing with our previous research was that uh, with any type of pharmacy practice, professional practice, uh, we really need to set a standard or uh, to set our tone or level expectation not just for for ourselves to to you know to follow to be you know aware of but uh, to, to a greater extent is for the consumers of the patients to have a certain level, standard level of ex- expectations and like what they can expect from pharmacists or what the doctors can expect from the pharmacist when, when it comes to, you know, the safe use of complementary medicines. So I think what our survey uh, aims to do right now, I think it is uh, one of the priority that we should uh, be addressing when we really want to take this to, a, um, you know, more serious uh, a level of uh, attention is that you know do we have a common agreement uh, that how we are going to practice with those products? how do we uh, can uh, you know how can we better look after our patients or even the uh, you know the general public that you know comes to you through the door or comes to us pharmacists, how we are going to give them the best you know advice or the most evidence-based advice? Uh, when they have any questions about those products mm.
3: yeah yeah uh you know that's that's um really nicely put carolina and It's really important um i think the other thing i'd really like to re- reiterate to the audience is this is a ground-up approach um and you know it's it always disappoints me um, when i see a top-down approach to regulation around particular profession so one of the Um, aspects of the study that we're doing and the survey and why we're asking pharmacists for their input is because we want to know how to support them, not how to tell them another thing they have to do. Um, And I think that's very important. Now I'm not a pharmacist myself. I'm a pharmacy educator around complementary and traditional medicines, but my observation is that pharmacists are very, very busy people and they have to know so much and we don't want to put more pressure on them, but what we want to do is actually take that pressure off and, as Caroline says, give them a, a, a clear understanding of standards and expectations um, that they themselves set through this study that we're doing. Um, so that is our, our, our philosophical approach uh, to, to this project.
2: Yeah. And we, you should, we also uh, follow up with uh, questions about, you know, what, specific support they need whether it be you know more education during the undergraduate program like uh, the basic training or on the job training like a continuous professional development uh, what sort of evidence they need how to get access to reliable information or you know how would the regulation of those products can be you know uh, 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 better address uh, pharmacy concerns about you know whether the, the quality and safety or efficacy are there and you know even with the consumers, do we need to educate the consumers a bit better about our professional role and about the right perception of the the products? So we, uh, from the previous or from the current studies that we're doing, that we're learning a lot about, you know, what are the challenges the farmers are facing and what could be all these, uh, you know, enablers or facilitating factors that, that we need to be, you know, pay attention to. And we really want pharmacists' insight can tell us whether our understanding aligns with theirs and how we can build our uh, you know consensus together so that we can you know um uh, uh you know try to get more support uh, more 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 um you know um uh, collaborations together
3: yeah and i think it's been fabulous, fabulous to have um, Ajashri's lens as a um you know more senior student in her studies um, about her own experience and her views around, um, you know, her perceived need for, um, you know, more education that is integrated and um, scaffolded throughout her training. And those are the sorts of outcomes, you know, education is one aspect of, the you know, the study that we're doing um, and understanding educational needs. Um, but that's a really important uh, piece of feedback. So we'd like to hear from a broader number of people. So it is as Joshua's views, are they actually um, what we're going to hear everywhere else as well?
1: So Todd, I have a question for our guests. So I was wondering, how are we going to motivate our pharmacists to want to partake in traditional and complementary medicine practices in the pharmacy?
0: Hey, that's a great question. Um, and I think that our guests today are best positioned to answer. And that is, you know, we are... I always say hashtag together rx. I mean this is a global effort. We just got done coming out of the most the the worst pandemic that we've all experienced within our lifetime. So it was the efforts of pharmacists in the United States and throughout the world that set the difference for that frontline care for our patients, for our collective support as the as being pharmacist within our different countries or different communities. So let me turn it over to Joanna and Carolina and just ask, I'll start with Joanna. Just let us, let our pharmacists that are listening in throughout the world understand the significance of participating in this in this survey.
3: Um, I think, well, the significance of it is we need to hear the global voice and we need the global voice to tell us of. All the work we've done over the last 10 years is not just an academic exercise, but that it is real, it's relevant, it's on the ground, and that it's going to make a difference to pharmacists in their day-to-day practice uh, moving forward, that they feel um, they have some framework and and feel um, confident in what it is um, that the public are actually asking and expecting them to do. Um, so I think the motivating factor is that people will continue to come into pharmacy and ask pharmacists for advice. And I think everybody, any health professional, wants to feel confident that they are practising within a, um, the standards of a profession, regardless of what, what that medicines may be. Um, and, and that's our ultimate aim. Uh, that's where we you know we want to go as we want to set that framework up for for the pharmacist. Carolina Um
2: thanks Joanna. I, I agree with what just told you, you mentioned that you know we see our good spirits, better spirits, the best of the spirit come out, uh, especially during the the, the pandemic that pharmacists, among all the other uh, healthcare professionals, really want to care for our people or for our community. And we really see that the the proper use of uh, complementary medicine is really a public health issue because it really goes back to a great portion of uh, the community that a lot of people are using them. A lot of people may not be aware of all the, you know, um, evidence, current evidence about those products. And, you know, pharmacists, as we always do, how we really protect or care or be the custodian that we have always been, uh, doesn't matter whether it's prescription medicines or complementary medicines, and how are we going to step up? And I think we need to know that that every pharmacist care and uh, we hope that the survey can, you know, help to bring pharmacists together closer to this topic. And I think uh, there's another purpose of why we are doing the survey.
3: Yeah, you're right, Carolina. And, and, you know, my experience has been traditional and complementary medicine, you raise that at a dinner party, and it might be called dietary supplements in the US, right? You are going to get very polarised emotional responses that aren't always rational. Um, So what we would like to bring together, and that can be actually from from health professionals as well, is we'd like to bring it into a rational place as well, um, into, you know, what are they? They're being used. It needs to be addressed and pharmacists can do this together um, as custodians of medicine.
1: Well, thank you so much for that, Joanna and Carolina, for you know, enlightening us and including us in your survey uh, to you know, further provide consensus towards pharmacists' role in traditional and complementary medicine.
0: Mm-hmm. We pleasure.
2: really have to thank you and Todd. Yeah, thank you for the platform.
0: No, thank you. Thank you. You're doing the work. You're do. you're the diligence. You're the people out there helping to guide our pharmacists to, to be empowered through the data that you're going to, you're going to collect. Hey, I want to give a shout out to, um, to, oh, Josh, and, and just, just tell you how impressed I am with you as a future pharmacy leader and taking some initiative that, and that's just it. If you don't take initiative to really you know, move our profession forward and what the pharmacist role actually is within so many sectors of medicine, um, behavioral health, addiction, um, you know, obesity, heart disease, liver disease. I mean, I, pediatrics, I could sit here and list opportunities for pharmacists to stand up and to represent the expertise needed as the medication experts infusing their intelligence into the modalities of treatment and care that is the quarterback of the physicians we don't want to be physicians physicians you are special people that we serve we serve you to serve our patients but we're the medication experts and the pharmacist want an opportunity to help our patients and all we need is that collaboration so hashtag together rx be on the lookout for our our next collaborative episode i want to thank so much carolina and joanna for being part of this and everything that you're doing